Hello, this is John with VJ Books with another episode of our podcast. Today we are excited to be speaking with author, screenwriter, Philip Fracassi. He is the author of the award-winning story collection, Behold the Void, which won Best Collection of the Year from both This Is Horror and Strange Eons magazines. His newest collection of stories, Beneath a Pale Sky, was published last summer. You can find his short stories being published in numerous magazines and anthologies. His upcoming novel, A Child Alone with Strangers, is one of the most anticipated books of summer 2022. In a huge deal, he announced earlier this week an amazing two-book deal with Tor Nightfire. As a screenwriter, his feature films have been distributed by Disney Entertainment and Lifetime Television. Please join me in welcoming Philip Fricasi. Hi, thanks for having me, John. Oh, it's our pleasure. You know, it's uh, it's not very often that we uh, have a customer and find out that they're a best-selling author. You know, it's it, it was a <laughs> it was a big deal for us, and we appreciate you reaching out to us. Yeah, I've been buying books from you guys for a while. So um, when I had the opportunity to uh, work with a publisher uh, like Skyhorse uh, and Talos Press, the imprint of Skyhorse, who are publishing A Child Alone with Strangers, I um, I immediately reached out to you guys and and uh, in the hopes that we could arrange arrange to have signed some signed books available for for my readers. So it worked out it worked out great. And my readers, I have a little kind of a Facebook fan group and uh, it's about 200 strong and uh, they get, they were all very excited. They're all book collectors. So, uh, and they were all familiar with VJ books. So when I got to tell them that they could buy signed copies from you guys, they were very excited. Well, it's interesting because we've had to reorder the book five times now, uh, increase <laughs> our order because they keep right. bouncing in and we appreciate that. I think half of your fans have bought the book from us. Yeah, and I've got you guys listed on my website too. So it's got like your typical, uh, you know, Amazon bookshop dot org, you know, bn dot com, and then I put, or you can buy a first edition signed book, and and I have a, the VJ Books link there. So hopefully that's also you know driving traffic. I think, I mean, you guys know this better than most. Uh, you know, people like signed books. I know I do, which is why I bought so many from you guys in the past. So. Um, for me, it's a big deal. And I'm going to try and do the same thing. I have a lot of, I've got, you know, I've got the Child Alone with Strangers coming out in August. And then I have a book coming out in February 2023 from Cemetery Dance called Gothic. And then in the summer of 2023, uh, Boys in the Valley from from Tor Nightfire, which will be a big, wide, wide release, worldwide release. So, um so it's exciting. So I'm going to try and hopefully work with you guys on all the above. That's my that's my goal. You seem to have a lot going on. Where do you find time to get it all done? Well, I you know I um, I've been only been a published author for about five years. I published my first story in 2015. Um, before that, I was you know I was a screenwriter. I had a couple movies produced. Um, uh, by Lifetime Television and another by Disney Entertainment, and um, but I was really working most of the time on. Um, I worked in film and TV production, so I was I worked on set for you know film and TV shows here in LA. Um, but then about um, 
I would say about a year ago now, almost, I think it was yeah, April of last year, I made the decision to start writing full time. I had a couple, I've had a couple breaks where I was able to get the interest for some short stories that I've written um, from a major studio and a couple other producers and, uh, and the uh, money that I got from those options that I knew was coming in was enough to allow me a little bit of financial flexibility where I thought I could write for another six months to a year, depending on how I pinched my pennies. And, um, and then now with the tour Nightfire deal, uh, which I just signed, uh, I think I'm hopefully now officially a full-time writer. Uh, so things are looking good. And so to answer your question, I have, you know, I, I, uh, this is my job. You know, I am at my desk at 8am every day. I work seven days a week. Um, and I work, you know, mornings, afternoons and, and nights. So, um, it's my passion, but it's also my job. So it's kind of like running your own company, you know? Um, so I just, I'm always working. I'm always either marketing myself or, um, running the business end of things or talking to lawyers or producers or my agent or publishers. And, um, and then when I'm not doing that stuff, I'm writing. So, um, I try and, divide it up pretty, pretty well. But, uh, yeah, I, I write every single day and, um, and I have a lot, I have a lot, um, in the can as it were, that's not, has not been sold yet. And then I've also got a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm working on. So it's hopefully I've got enough content to last, uh, to last a while here. It's interesting hearing you talk about your process. Uh, we work with a lot of authors and they have different ways of measuring how productive their day has been. Do you have a number of hours, a number of pages you write? How do you, how do you assess whether you've had a good day or not? Well, it kind of depends on what I'm doing. So if I have a deadline, for example, um, you know, then I'm, you know, then, then it's, uh, then it's about, you know, cranking out to your point pages or words, um, uh, like right now, for example, I'm working hard on the edits for Child Alone with Strangers, uh, which is coming out in August. So it's kind of really up against it. And um, so that's kind of – I've been spending most of my time just doing edits for that book. But if um, I'm kind of between books um, and maybe I'm kind of working on a short story or something, which I'll do – I won't work quite as um, – uh, I won't you know spend quite so much time – on that, I, I then I'll spend more time uh, marketing myself, or I'll spend some time, you know, reaching out to uh, different publishers or working with my agent to find to create more opportunities for the stuff that I I have or that I'm that I'm you know um, in the process of writing. So for me, a successful day kind of varies, but but as long as I get at least um, you know between three and four hours of writing in and spend another eight to 12 hours, uh, you know, doing all the other stuff as it were. Um, then I usually feel like that's a pretty good day, but I, I tend to work. Like I said, I usually, I kind of spread my, my work out. I like to work, you know, in the mornings and then take an hour off and then work a few more hours and then take a hour or two off, have dinner with my family. And then I usually work late into the night. So, um, as long as I'm at my desk and I'm pushing things forward, um, I, f- I feel pretty good about it, but I do, I do need to get some writing down, even if it's just editing. Uh, I need to feel like I'm creating, um, which is um, which is sort of a fulfilling 
you know, feeling. And that allows me to kind of, you know, stay calm and feel like I'm pushing things forward. So that's kind of my goal every day. You mentioned a child alone with strangers. Uh, we're not going to talk a lot about that t- today because uh, Roger Nichols, our other interviewer, was going to interview on that. And he doesn't interview any author unless he's read the book. So we sent the advance over to him that you sent me, which which is an amazing tome. It kind of comes to mind the Beatles' words to paperback writer. It's a thousand pages, give or take a few. I'll be writing more in a day or two. Um is it going to be that big when it's released? I think I, it's almost 700 pages. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the um, one of the cool things about working with Skyhorse um on this is that they've actually been pretty good about not asking that the book be condensed or shortened. So I had a so the book is 170,000 words give or take, about 650 book pages. And, um, and I really truly believe that all those pages need to be there. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of fat on this book. There's a lot of characters and there's a lot of plot. There's a lot of things going on. So, um, so I had, I've had offers from two different publishers on the book, but both publishers wanted me to cut it down to 125,000 words. And, um, I just wasn't comfortable with that. So, well, it's kind of like Stephen King. Would the stand be any better if it was half the size? Right. Yeah. And I get why they're coming from. I understand it's a price point thing. I understand it's a distribution thing. And I don't I don't have anything against it. And if I thought the book was fat, uh, per se, I, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably be OK with it. I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, that kind of artist where I'm like, you can't touch every word has to stay. But but I did I did feel like it was the appropriate length of the book. And um, yeah, so Skyhorse, or I should say Taylor's Press, the imprint that's publishing it. They, I've seen, I'm working on the edits right now. Um, they've sent me their edits and nothing's coming out. I mean, they're tweaking some stuff and, but for the most part, it's, um, it's just cleaning up, you know, errors and typos and changing my lies to lays or my lays to lies as it were, which is one of my bugaboos. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, no, I think, so the book is going to be what it is. I can say that with confidence cause I've seen their edits now. Um, which is exciting cause I like those books. You know, I grew up on Stephen King books and Peter Straub books. So I like, you know, the idea of a big meaty, uh, horror novel and, um, and you know, why not? Like, you know, fantasy does it, science fiction does it. Why shouldn't horror do it? Um, but that said, it's not really something I see myself doing again anytime soon. Uh, I have four novels that I've written since this novel, two of which I've sold. Um, and all of those novels are 90,000 words or less. So it's not something, you know, I, I, I write for the story and if the story needs more pages, the story gets more pages. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but, um, I would like to write maybe down the road, one more big one, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm very excited to say that it should stay the exact same page count when, when it's published. So it'll be a big book and it'll be hardcover and paperback. So, well, I've heard you mention Stephen King and Peter Straub. Uh, what other influences brought you into the genre? Well, I definitely grew up with those guys. I grew up with Clive Barker, you know, the, the triumvirate, right? Barker, Straub, King. Um, I also read a lot of fantasy when I was a kid. I was big into C.S. Lewis and stuff like that. Um, and I guess more recently, um, I've, you know, I, when I say recently, I mean, maybe in the last 
couple decades, I started reading guys like Laird Barron, um, and uh, who kind of, who kind of uh, changed the definition of what horror can be for me, uh, what language can do uh, to affect the reader. Um, things like uh, you know, I've read. I remember reading. Um, I remember when I read John Fowles' The Magus. And which to me is a horror novel, even though it's, you know, uh, a giant, huge, fat literary book. But to me, that was one of the big influences um, of write, of me wanting to write stuff that was um, uh, scary and but also, you know, literary. And so my work tends to be very much both of those things. I um, I do focus a lot on the prose. I like my books to read well, um, not just be gore fest or, you know, um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so those are, but those guys are my big influences. I, you know, I've, I read very widely. I love every, you know, anyone from <clears throat> John Fonte to Haruki Murakami to, um, uh, John O'Hara, you know, is one of my favorites. Uh, I read a lot of thrillers these days. Um, I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, so I'm kind of all over the place. I, you know, like you guys, I owned a bookstore, uh, a brick and mortar bookstore for about 10 years. So, um, so I definitely read widely and, uh, and it's really helped my writing. It, you know, it's kind of kept me, uh, I read a lot of poetry and stuff like that. So it's really enabled me to kind of keep my writing fresh and find, uh, new, um, you know, new tips and tricks and, and by reading other writers and seeing how they do things in different situations. So, so yeah, but those guys are kind of the big the big guys that I read I read a lot. Looking through what you have purchased from us over the years, I get a glimpse into what's on your bookshelves. Yeah, I noticed I noticed that you uh, bought some books by Michael Carita, and yeah, um, did you happen to pick up his Scott Carson pseudonym books? As a matter of fact, I'm looking at one right now that I just came in the mail today. I just got a. There's a you probably familiar. There's a there's a publisher called Levidian, and they do like specialty books. And they just did a deluxe edition of The Chill by Scott Carson, which I which I a big oversized illustrated hard you know uh, slipcase edition. So I just got that today. So yeah, I definitely read Karita. I read um, his Scott Carson pseudonym, which is uh, for those listening his his more horror uh, stuff versus straight thriller stuff. Um, yeah, co-writer Dennis Lehan is somebody I like a lot. I probably bought a couple of his books from you guys, I would imagine, over the years. Um, and uh, uh, Meg Gardner. And, I mean, there's all those, like, uh, a lot of those, like, th- thriller writers are are doing – J. Todd Scott, off the top of my head. You know, those are guys who are doing really interesting things with um, with the traditional thriller or the traditional crime book, I guess, and kind of infusing a little bit of darker matter into it. Um I think that started probably with the um I wouldn't say it started but at least it, it became more publicly publicly aware I guess uh, with the um Girl with the Dragon Tattoo books right like those were kind of a those were definitely thriller and crime but they were also pretty pretty horrific and uh that's that or Robert Robert Harris I guess you know maybe the those those books so um those are all books that I enjoy and uh and I like the darker side of the thriller for sure um, those are books that I tend to lean toward. Were books present in your childhood home? In my room, yeah. It, <laughs> not, your parents not really. Read. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know my parents. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a running joke where they, you know, I, I'm the youngest of six kids and I'm really the only big reader and definitely the only writer. And, um, and you know, this it's kind of that, you know, where did he get it from uh, joke. Uh, so, yeah, and, and no, but I was a, always a huge reader from, uh, you know, my mom loves telling people that I was, you know, when I was a little kid, I'd be in a corner with a book for hours and, you know, she could go anywhere she wanted because she she could just kind of plant me somewhere. Uh, this is the seventies where parents did that. kind of <laughs> Stay over there. I'll be back in an hour. Um, but, uh, yeah, so no, I grew up reading from the get go. Um, and, but no, my family wasn't a, my family were not big readers. So it was kind of something I just, um, for whatever reason, it was just something I, I immediately picked up and, and became passionate about. And then really writing was something I was very passionate about early on as well. I, you know, I, I was home over the holidays this past year and my, my parents were, who are getting older and, and, um, in ill health. And, you know, they were, show, they were kind of kind of clean out their basement sort of thing as, as parents tend to do. And, and we were going through a lot of my old school stuff. And I found all these stories from when I was in the third grade that I'd written. Um, and I, you know, I've always wanted to be a writer. It's like, there was never any other dream in my head. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's kind of, it's, it's great that I am good enough at it to, you know, make a, you know, quote unquote, at least so far, so good career out of it. And uh, because it's always been my passion, it's just, it's, I never wanted to do anything else. So I just, I was just born with it. And I, I don't know why it's just a, a blessing from God, I guess. Well, you're a wonderful conversationalist. Uh, what we have found over the years that most of the authors that we work with are introverts, you know, what kind of person does it take to sit alone and talk to <clears throat> themselves for a year? <laughs> right. Uh, do, do you consider yourself an introvert? Uh, yeah, it's funny. I tend to, I'm a definitely a chatter. I'm a chatterbox. It's, it, uh, it's gotten me. In, I, I tend to find when I'm talking to people that I, I know when to stop when I see their eyes glazing over, but, uh, I'm not an introvert. No, I, but I, that said, I don't like to leave my home. <laughs> so, uh, I guess, but, uh, but I'm happy to go out on the occasional, um, uh, for the occasional meal with friends or whatever, but, uh, I'm not big on society. Uh, no, I get very nervous, uh, being in, uh, large groups of people. So I do, um, I guess in that sense, I'm probably a bit of a, an introvert, but if I'm out and I'm with people that I know, um, I'm definitely gregarious and, and I like to have a lot of fun, but it's, um, but I, I definitely like to keep it to, uh, to, you know, people that I am familiar with and comfortable with. I think outside of that realm, I tend to get a bit more, uh, more nervous. And, and if I can stay home, I'm, I'm, I usually, I usually do. I, I only go out if I have to. You know, as I was looking through some of your earlier work, I was disappointed to find most of them were out of print, but then I was relieved to find that several of them are in your short story collections. Uh, how did you assemble those? And, which ones did, how did you choose which ones to pick and how to put them together? Yeah. So I definitely started my career as a short story writer. And, you know, honestly, this child alone with strangers is my first novel, really. Um, I, I mean, I have a, I have a small novel coming out on a limited edition, but, but this will be my first wide release novel. So five, six, seven years into it, you know, I'm kind of finally getting a novel out there, but so it's up until now, I've been just kind of building my readership on short stories. So yeah, so when I started this process, I was writing screenplays and and I was work at the time I was working at a marketing company and my and I was and I was very frustrated with my life and I was frustrated with where I was at. 
and I was talking to my wife on the phone and I was walking around the block and, and I said, I, I said, I, and I was like, I, I you know, I'm, I write these horror sc- screenplays and they can't, I don't sell them. And I write these, you know, I'm trying to write this literary fiction and I can't sell it. And it, then it was just kind of like this weird, bizarre epiphany, this lightning strike, stopping your tracks, light bulb popping on moment, which seems like it would be insanely obvious. But for whatever reason, I never made the connection in my head that, wait a minute, why don't I just start writing horror fiction? And and I immediately got, got very excited and I immediately wrote a story called Mother. I had no idea if it was good or bad. I'd never written a horror genre story in my life. Um, I'd written probably... 200 literary stories, none of which ever got published and three novels, <laughs> none of which ever got published. And, um, and I, and I was, at the time I was talking to Laird Barron, who's, who, for those who may not know who are listening, he's a, he's a fantastic horror writer and we had become friends. And I said, Hey, can I send you this story? And you can tell me whether to keep my day job or not. And he said, yeah, of course. So I sent him the story about, a, uh, about a, two weeks later, he said, do you have time to jump on a phone call? I said, sure. And we, Got on the phone and he was like, dude, this is a great story. This, this story should be published. You're a very, very good writer. And I was, that got me very excited. We went through a lot of critique that he had and I made a lot of, you know, fixes and adjustments and he gave me a lot of great pointers. And then I, I sent that story out to one publisher uh, called Dunham's Manor Press, a small indie press. They immediately replied and said, we love it. We want it. And, and then uh, that, and that was kind of how things started. And then I wrote another story called Alter which was also by Dunham's Manor. It was kind of a chapbook, a little chapbook. And that one really blew up. And a lot of people read that story and a lot of got a lot of word of mouth. And so I just kind of continued writing stories. But it was hard, lean years. I mean, I was, I was getting a ton of rejections. I kept wanting to hang it up. I wasn't getting it. I wasn't moving it. I'm a very driven guy. And I like, and I get very frustrated when things aren't moving fast enough for me. So uh, I kind of felt like things were not moving as fast as I would have liked them to. Um, but I, it takes time and you got to build up your readership and you got to build up your reputation. You got to create those relationships with editors and magazines and, and what have, have you. So I kind of did that. And I just kept working at it and working at it and working at it. And so, yeah, when I wrote, um, I'd written a novella called uh, Fragile Dreams and I sent it to a publisher and he loved it and he bought it. And he was like, I love the novella. I would love to do a story collection with you. You're, you know, I've read all your stuff to date. So I picked out the stories that I had done at that point and I created, and that was Behold the Void, uh, which is my first story collection. Um, and then a, f- a few years passed, uh, I wrote another couple additional novellas, one called Shiloh, one called Sacculina Horror, Horror Novellas. But you know, other than that, I was just print publishing and you know, I was getting 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there to publish in these different magazines and anthologies. Um, and then... And then a couple of years ago, um, this Lethe Press bought the rights to Behold the Void, which had gone out of print because I had a I, I had a falling out with that publisher. Uh, they brought it back into print, and they wanted to do a new collection. And uh, so I created a new collection called Beneath the Pal Sky, which just came out uh, July July of twenty twenty one, and it and it's done great. Uh, you know, it just was nominated for a Bram Stoker Award. Um, it got amazing reviews. Uh, you know, it's selling really well. And, um, and during that whole time, you know, I was going through the process of submitting a novel that I'd written to different agents. Finally found an agent who loved the novel 
and I was kind of off and running. And so it's been a, but it's been a really long process. It's taken me a long time to get into this position uh, where I can now have an agent and I have these collections out and I have these novels lined up now to sell. Once it kind of started rolling, it started rolling pretty fast. Um, I feel like I've been really lucky uh, and, you know, very humbled that these different publishers like the work. Um, so, yeah, so now I'm kind of focusing more on the novels, but also, you know, trying to write the short stories when I can. I noticed that you have a book uh, entitled Gothic that's coming out. Who's publishing it? Uh, when and what, it, what it's it about? Yeah, so Gothic is coming out in February of 2023. I sold that to um, as a publisher called Cemetery Dance, and which is run by a guy named Richard Chismar, who just published a book with Stephen King. And Cemetery Dance is famous because, at least in the small indie horror world, because they publish all of Stephen King's books in these kind of deluxe editions. Um, so he's kind of, they're kind of Stephen King's pet publisher. Um, and, um, but they just started a trade line recently and, uh, and I sold Gothic to the the trade editor, trade meeting paperbacks and eBooks for those who may not know. And, um, and so, yeah, so that's coming out in February of 2023 from Cemetery Dance and it's their first, the first release of their new kind of trade, trade line of books. Although I do think they're going to do a hardcover. We're in talks about doing a hardcover now. Um, and that book is about it's a kind of a um it's kind of a it's a bit of a throwback horror novel it's about a horror writer an aging horror writer who's kind of on the downside of his career who's had wild success but not for a while you know the last couple of books have bombed or whatever and um and his wife gives him an antique desk as a birthday present and the antique desk has a history which i get into in the book and it's basically the easiest way to describe it is the desk is haunted. And so the whole book is about this relationship between the haunted desk and this horror writer um, who's now having great success again, thanks to the the desk and the, what the desk is whispering to him late at night. And but at the same time, it's also driving him slowly insane. Uh, so it's a very dark book, but I think very uh, entertaining at times. I, I kind of compare it to a Sam Raimi movie. Uh, sort of Sam Raimi dragged me to hell is kind of the tone that I I went for with that one. So it's a lot of fun, but it's also it's but it's but it has its very but it definitely has its very dark moments. But I um and yeah, so that's coming out that's coming out in February. I'm excited to see how people respond to that. There's another one. Don't let them get you down. What, uh, tell us about that one. Yeah. So don't let them get you down was one of the books I mentioned earlier that I that I wrote kind of in my uh, in. The, before I got into my genre uh, writing period, which I'm in now and will continue to be in because I love it so much. But so it's really um, it's not really a genre novel. It's a literary novel. Um, it's about a it's a book about depression, about a about a about a guy who loses his wife and goes into a depression and has to go into therapy and is on all these medications. And I don't get into all of that in the book. The book basically starts after all that has happened and what the book is about and it's a pretty personal book because it's something that I went through not the losing the wife part but the depression part and the, what the book is about is being at that sort of bottom and having to sort of figure out how to be a normal person again how, how to how to how to you know um, go out on a Saturday night with the guys or how to date a girl or how to 
you know, how to be relaxed at, you know, and normal and have normal conversations. And, um, and it's, you know, it's a struggle and it, a lot of people saw, you know, struggle with, with, with this kind of depression where it's so debilitating that you can't, you don't really understand how people can be normal. It doesn't make sense to you. So that's kind of what the book is about. It's pretty dark and it's, 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 it's a little on the, on the sad side, but, um, but it's a short book. And I decided with that book, I didn't, you know, I just wanted it to be out there. I wasn't really looking for it to be a big release or I wasn't going to try and find a big five publisher for it. So I really, I approached a, um, a small press called Zagava, uh, who do beautiful handcrafted limited edition, um, books and, um, uh, and they loved it. And so they're putting it out. Um, frankly, it should be out sometime either this month or next month. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of like my, you know, kind of a different off the beaten path book for me, which I try and which I like to do, you know, I do write these horror novels and the horror stories, but like I have a book of poetry that came out, uh, recently, I have a children's book coming out later this year. And, um, so I try and, you know, I, I kind of write, I just wrote a sci-fi novel. So, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really follow the norms. I kind of do whatever I feel like doing. Um, and so far it's kind of worked out. So, you know, I'll probably just keep doing that and see how it goes. Well, that brings us around to your ex exciting announcement earlier this week. And mm -hmm. you share with our listeners how that deal came to be and a little bit about the two books that are in that agreement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it's a yeah, it was very, very exciting. So it's kind of an interesting story in that I had been shopping a novel called The Blue Butterfly, which was which is a thriller. Uh my favorite kind of novel with the dark, you know, with the horror elements. And and um and while my agent was shopping this novel, uh, I had come out with a book called Boys in the Valley. And Boys in the Valley was produced in this, an edition of 500 copies. And so, because I get this question a lot, the reason that authors do that is because if, an, if a small press who does these deluxe limited editions, they offer an author a good amount of money, more money than they usually would get from 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 even maybe a midless publisher to publish like a small run of books. And then you still have the rights to sell the paperback and trade edition of that book. So it's kind of something that you do in the, in the hopes of generating buzz for the book. And then down the road, you sell it, you know, to a, to a, to a traditional publisher who will publish it, you know, wide on Amazon and VJ books and all these other places. So that's why, that's why I do it. So I did that with boys in the Valley. And then I, uh, a, a reviewer named Sadie Hartman, who's a very uh, big influencer in the horror uh, world. Um, she reviewed the book and she loved it. And she kind of wrote this beautiful review of how much she loved the book. And then Stephen King saw her review on Twitter and retweeted her review. And Stephen King's got 6.5 million Twitter followers. So it obviously it blew up. And he said, I'm going to buy this book. <laughs> Basically, that was his tweet. I'm going to buy this. And um, but the uh, the hilarious part of that uh, is that the book was no longer available. It had been sold out long ago. So I was getting hundreds of emails and messages, people saying, how can I buy your book? How can I buy your book? I can't find it. So it was kind of exhilarating, but also incredibly frustrating. So I talked to my agent that day and I said, what are we going to do about this? And she said, why don't we set Blue Butterfly aside? Let's strike while the iron's hot and let's go out with Boys in the Valley. 
And I, and I said, you know, let's not even go out with Boys in the Valley. Let's find some a publisher that we love and let's give them an exclusive window and see if they want to buy it so that we don't have to wait three months for some editor to read it. You know what I mean? And, um, and so we did that. We did it with Tor Nightfire. Three days later, they replied, they replied to my agent and said, we want the book. A week after that, they made an offer for, um, it was a six-figure deal for Boys in the Valley and a book to be decided. Um, so that's how, and that, so that whole thing took place from the, from the day that Stephen King tweeted about it, which was, I think, February 2nd, to the day the announcement came out in Publishers Marketplace, which was this past Tuesday. That's how much time it took for the book to go from, you know, Stephen King tweet to actually to being sold and announced. Normally, I, you know, I, any author will tell you that it usually takes six months to a year to, to go from somebody to submitting a book to a publisher and then having it announced if it sells. So the fact that that happened in one month is insane. So it's been a whirlwind. And um, and so, yeah, so now that's coming out in the summer of 2023. It's going to be a wide worldwide release. Uh, they're very excited about it. Um, and I, at this point now, we're just trying to decide what the second novel of the deal will be. Uh, and that novel will come out in early 2024, most likely. So they have a book that they're reading, The Blue Butterfly, actually. Um, I have another book that I just finished that we pitched them. And then I have a horror novel that I have not written Um that we pitched them as well. So they've got a few options. So now we're just kind of waiting to find out what that second book will be. But, um, but boys in the Valley will come out. Uh, yeah. Next summer being summer 2023, which is very exciting. Well, we're, I think we're going to wrap this up, but I have one question I'd like to ask you in closing is that if you were to, weren't an author, what would you be doing? Man, I, like I said earlier, I don't, I don't see myself doing anything else. I've, um, like I said, this is all I've ever wanted to do. Uh, you know, even, um, I've had a lot of jobs. I was a music executive. I was in film and TV production. Uh, I owned a bookstore. I was in marketing. Uh, you know, I was in marketing for two years. I've been a security guard. I mean, I've done, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of, uh, different things, but, um, the only thing I've ever wanted to do is be a writer. So I've, you know, that's one of the things that's driven me so hard to, to make this work is that it's, it's really what I wanted. It's, you know, really all I want to do. So I guess to answer your question, if I couldn't write, if I wasn't, you know, good enough or, or people weren't buying my work, um, I would want to work in books. So I would say I would probably want to either publish or own a bookstore. You know, I'd want to work with writers and work with books. So that would be, Probably my fallback um, if the writing gig didn't work out. Well, we'd like to thank you for your time today, and uh, look forward to all your books. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down with a child alone with strangers and and wade through it here in the next couple of weeks. So awesome! Thank you again, and we look to forward to talking with you again. All right, thank you so much, John. <laughs>